Hey, what's going on, everybody, and welcome into this fifth episode of 94 Feet. I'm your host, Spencer Jenny. We have a packed episode for you guys, as this was the first week of the college basketball season this year. We had a bunch of crazy games, a bunch of crazy upsets, and then we're going to introduce the first uh, betting segment this year. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. We're going to have a, a guest host on this episode, and we're just going to get right into it. All right, let's go. We're destined for greatness. Nobody ever thought we would make it. Watch how far we take it. Past the stars and spaceships from a city where the music is sacred. You in the presence of a rebel now. Yeah, we about to take it to another level now. About time everybody got together now. Things are looking better now. We can live forever now. I can't believe the first week of college basketball is over. What an exciting week. We had so many good games. I mean, we're talking about the Champions Classic, uh, Kansas-Michigan State, Duke-Kentucky on that night. We've had big upsets like Arizona State losing to UC Riverside, UCLA, Villanova, Texas-Gonzaga. So many games, so many highlight performances, so many great, great players performing at the top of their game. But it has been two years. And Chicago State has finally won their first game in over two years. Um, they played against St. Thomas More. I want to say they won by a little more than 10. And not only that, but they started off 2-0 this season. They won against SIU East. Uh, what is it? South Indiana University, Edwardsville or something. But yeah, they are 2-0 to start the season. But that's not even why we're, why we're here today. We're here to cover the great games that happened this week. Starting off with the Champions Classic, Kansas-Michigan State, 87-74 Kansas. My opinion from this game was that Ochagabaji might be the national player of the year. Kid dropped 29 points. Remy Martin played really, really well. I know him and um, him and the head coach have had a little bit of a little bit of a riff in that relationship so far. I mean, they're going to have to learn to get along, but Remy Martin did play very, very well. 15 points to go along with a solid uh, assist total. Um, in my opinion, when I look at this game, I think that Kansas is one of those teams that just looks very experienced. They don't seem to get uh, phased by a lot of pressure. And I think that's going to be how they're going to play this year. I think David McCormick is another guy that's up for conference player of the year. Um, they just have a bunch of scorers. They have a bunch of go-to guys. Christian Brown was obviously a huge, huge piece in that game. I just think he's a very, very tremendous talent. I think this team has probably four or five guys that can go get a bucket whenever they want. This team is a Final Four potential team. I'm not going to lie. They, they have a ton of potential. Um, I mean, they have every, it seems like every year they're you know battling for an Elite Eight Final Four spot. So I'm really interested to see what they do after this first game against Michigan State. However, Michigan State, Tom Izzo, this is going to be an interesting year for him. Um, they, have a, they have a bright spot off the bench, A.J. Hogard. Uh, he, did, he did have 17 points. But the five-star freshman coming in, Max Christie, he did struggle as he shot three of ten from the field, only nine points. My thing with this team, Max Christie is going to have to score for this team to be successful. They have one of the Hauser brothers. I want to say it's Sam Hauser. He is not very like he just did not hit shots, and that's the thing with them. Like if they're going to need, they're going to need that front court production to actually be relevant in the Big Ten this year and actually make the tournament. Because in my opinion, when I look this team play, granted they only lost by what thirteen to Kansas. There's not many bright spots on the scoring front. Like they have Hogard, they have Christie. That's really really it. Like I I don't I don't see this team being you know a a you know, a top seven seed, I can maybe see them 
skirting in at like a 9-10 seed, but that's about as high as I would put Michigan State. On to the second game of the Champions Classic, we have Duke-Kentucky, 79-71. Duke obviously has the five-star freshman. You have Paolo Banchero, or Banchero, sorry, and then Trevor Keels. I want to start with Trevor Keels. Dude is the real deal. 25 points, absolute stud on offense. Reminds me of a really, really physical Dwayne Wade when he was at Marquette. And it was interesting to see because this Duke team, although you had Paolo who left the game multiple times with cramps, um, who else was out? Mark Williams only had five points, and you ended up winning by eight, also shooting one of 12 from three. That's a big sticking point for me because if Duke is doing this to, to that talented of a Kentucky team, and we'll get into them later, with only shooting one for two, one for 12 from three, that's really, really good. When you have young players like Paolo, Trevor Keels, Wendell Moore, who's, who's going to be their uh, junior leader this year, they have so much talent, and I'm just really excited to see what they do. And I know they had a really, really good week knocking off Navy later in the week. Let's move to Kentucky. Oscar Sheeway, he's looking like the, the, like the conference player of the year in the SEC right now. Uh, so far this season, he's averaging 16 and 20 rebounds through two games. I know in this game he had 17 points and 20 rebounds. He's a monster on the glass. I think you know it's kind of hard to ignore that. He we saw we saw that two years at, at West Virginia. I thought he was really really good in this game. Uh, Severe Wheeler seems to be the senior leader point guard they're hoping for. But one takeaway. Ty Ty Washington, he's going to have to score for this team to be successful. Only nine points. Keelan Grady wasn't really that um, noticeable on the court. I know he had a, a couple big threes, but that was about it. That's kind of all he, all he gave to the team. I know C.J. Frederick's still coming back off injury. And then they have a couple freshmen coming off the bench that could potentially give a scoring spark, but I just don't see it yet. But Ty Ty Washington, definitely a very, very proven scorer, and he's going to be one of those pieces that, Kentucky's going to look to, that Cal's going to look to, to really score. And I mean, Cal said it at, at, at halftime. He said, I want Ty Ty to take these tough shots. And he was, but he wasn't making them. So you maybe give him more, like three to five more makes. This is a Kentucky, this is a Kentucky win. And I think it's pretty obvious to see that. Let's move on to Wednesday. We saw Michigan versus Buffalo, an 88-76 win for Michigan. Hunter Dickinson started right where he left off, 27.6 rebounds. Dude's just a monster. Probably the best overall big man in the uh, Big Ten. I think he's overall better than Kofi. I think he's better than Travion Williams. Although I did say that Travion Williams would win the, the Conference Player of the Year, Dickinson is off to a great start, and I just think he's probably the most talented out of that bunch right there. You go to the freshman big man, Musa Diabate. He looks college ready. I mean, seven points, five rebounds, three assists. He did way better than the numbers suggested. And like seven points, five and three, that's no that's no scrub effort. Like that's a really, really good stat line for a college for a freshman's first game at that. I thought he really, really stood out uh, for Jawan Howard's squad. And then Caleb Houston, the five-star freshman out of Montverde Academy, 11 points. He did have a pretty solid debut. Um, really stood out defensively. He's very, very long. Um, he's very, I mean, like I said, he's very long, can hit shots, can defend basically all five positions. I just think this dude is a total bucket, and he's going to be a really, really good matchup nightmare for this team moving forward. Let's go to Thursday, where we saw probably the shock of the week. UC Riverside basically hit a full-court shot against Arizona State, in the um, well, pretty close to a full-court shot to win the game. My question with this game, 
is Bobby Hurley done? Because he's we've seen him get these high recruits. We've seen him get transfers, but he's not good with the X's and O's. And that is what this Arizona State team is going to be struggling with all of this year and what they struggled with last year. I mean, last year they had Josh Christopher, Marcus Bagley. They had Remy Martin last year. Granted, they never were all healthy together, at least in the first game. That was like really the only, only game they were all healthy together. But they had other pieces, like Alonzo Verge was good. He's now at Nebraska. But they have all this talent. He just can't get it done. He's He hasn't been a good X to no coach the last several years. I am i don't know. I don't know what to say about about Bobby Hurley right now. Danny Hurley seems to be the the, the uh, brother that's in a much better position over at UConn. And obviously we've seen that over the last couple of years. And with, with much worse recruits, not going to lie, like UConn has not gotten the recruit, the, the recruiting talent that Arizona State's gotten, and they still have managed to do better every single year. And I, this is a statement here for Bobby Hurley because he might be out after this year. Go to Friday where we saw UCLA in an overtime battle against Villanova. Johnny Juzang really led the charge on Saturday or um, on Friday in the second half against Villanova. Colin Gillespie um, obviously played well. Justin Moore had a little bit of an off night. Um, but this team, I mean, this UCLA team, I think this was validation for them because like I stated in other episodes, UCLA, had they lost to Michigan State in that first round of the NCAA tournament last year, they probably wouldn't be top 25 team, but this was a definitely a validation game beating Villanova, especially in a comeback win in overtime um, against a really old and experienced and talented Villanova team. Well, very, very, very well coached in Jay Wright. This was a statement game for UCLA. I think they are legitimately top five to top three right now. I think there's no debate. Johnny Juzang, one of the best in the country, one of the best at scoring in the country. Jaime Hawkins, great player. Peyton Watson. Very, very good young player. Tiger Campbell can make shots at that point guard position. They have dudes, and they're going to play up with every single team in the country because they have the talent and they have the depth to do so. Let's move to Saturday where we saw Texas actually do a lot worse than I thought against Gonzaga, even with only two points and three rebounds from Chet Holmgren. It's Drew Timmy's time now. Like Drew Timmy had 37 points against Texas, and Texas had no one, and I mean no one, to stop. Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy might might walk away. He's going to be he's he might he might walk away this season with the National Player of the Year award in his hand. I think it's right now. If I had to choose my top three, it'd probably be him, Ochai Abaji, and probably Oscar Shibwe. If you know uh, Kentucky does continue to win at a high level, but Gonzaga is just different. They have a bunch of dudes. They have a bunch of guards. They have a bunch of backcourt depth. Um, and this was kind of surprising for me because I thought that Texas, with Chris Beard bringing in so many transfers. I thought they were going to have one, the depth to hang around with a team like Gonzaga, UCLA, Villanova. But obviously, we saw with a you know a double-digit win by Gonzaga, it only takes one guy to beat this Texas Texas team. And granted, it might be one of the best players in the country, Drew Timmy, but he had 37 points, and UC, and Texas didn't have that premier big to stop Drew Timmy. They have Timmy Allen. He's not he's not big enough to guard Drew Timmy. Trey Mitchell, he's not strong enough nor physical enough to guard your Timmy. And they just, Texas, in my opinion, they're a tremendous offensive team. And we saw that in the game. But we're going to know in the near future if they can really, really guard against these top teams in the country. Now let's move to uh, yesterday. Florida versus Florida State. We saw a tremendous uh, in-state game yesterday. Florida 
battled back in the second half. Um, I think they were down like four, like four to six, uh, beginning the second half, and then ended up winning the winning the game by fifteen. Colin Castleton, a potential SEC Player of the Year, absolutely went off. I think he had like 20, 20 and twelve, um, twenty and twelve rebounds. I think he had played a really really solid game. He's gonna be the He's going to be how that Florida team goes. Like They obviously got incoming transfer Myron Jones from Penn State. I think he's going to be a very, very reliable shooter for them. They get Appleby back. They get Deruji back. Really good, talented, and athletic backcourt. But it's going to ride on Colin Castleton. He's going to be obviously the um, the, th- the uh, player that makes that team go. And I just think that this Florida team is very, very poised to have a good season under the helm of Mike White. Let's move to the first team all opening week. Um I'm going to start off. I got Marcus Sasser um, for Houston. Houston started the season off 2-0. and um, Obviously, they beat the first game. They beat Hofstra, I want, I want to say, by a very, very uh, small margin. I think it was like 6 or six to 10, something like that. But Marcus Sasser is starting the season off, averaging 26-4-4. Four four. Um, obviously, Marcus, and Marcus Sasser is my pick to win the AAC Player of the Year. Tremendous score, tremendous talent. Really, really athletic, and I think he's going to will that team into a potential Final Four run again. Johnny Juzang, starting for UCLA, uh, 2-0 and for the UCLA Bruins this year. Johnny Juzang giving him a 22, average on average, 22 points and six rebounds through two games. Playing really, really well, shooting the hell out of it. Just, he, he's a tremendous player. I think there's no, no debating that he's obviously one of the best shooters, scorers, and players in the NCAA right now. Let's go to Ojai Abaji, 27 points on average, four rebounds through two games. Willing Kansas to a 2-0 early season record. Kansas is experienced, man. I said it earlier. Kansas is one of those teams that's just going to be in you that entire – like they're going to be going at every team that they go up against because they have the experience. They have the dogs to actually get up and down with every team. They have the athleticism. They have a very, very good coach and Bill Self, very experienced team at that. And I just think Kansas is poised for another great season this year. Paolo Benchero. The next LeBron James, as many would say, averaging 19 points, nine rebounds through two games. Willing Duke to a 2-0 early season record, just beat Navy, I want to say, on Thursday. Um, there's This team looks good. Paolo Benchero is going to be the fuel that makes this Duke team run. And Paolo Benchero, he's going to be probably the number one pick this year if uh, Chet Holmgren doesn't prove to be that. He's the total package. He can rebound. He can run. He can score. He can pass. Name anything you want out of a, out of a basketball player. That's what Paolo does. Paolo is just he's a, he's a baller, man. Oscar Shibway rounding out this first team, averaging sixteen and twenty. Um, Kentucky off to a little bit of a shaky start, although they did blow out. I think it was Robert Morris, like a hundred to sixty. He is averaging sixteen and twenty rebounds through two games. This Kentucky team one and one to start the season, but they definitely are going to get it figured out. Cal definitely has the players and the experience. Unlike other years where he he constantly brings in you know five star freshman after five star freshman, this is more of a um, more of an older experienced team trying to get the young guys to learn how to play the right way early so that they don't have to learn the hard way late in uh, late in the season like they have in the years past. I think this Kentucky team is really really in a good position to perform well in the SEC and possibly in a deep run in the NCAA tournament. That about wraps it up for the opening week in review. Let's turn it over to my interview with Chris Dorenzo in our opening segment for betting, Pass the Juice. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to 94 Feet Podcast. Today I'm joined with, uh, for a new segment today, joined with Chris Lorenzo for this new segment, Pass the Juice, which is going to be our new betting segment. We're probably going to do once a week. Um, we'll try to have Chris on as much as possible, maybe some more, uh, some more guests from time to time to do uh, bet- basketball betting. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good, Spence. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we're underway in a new college basketball season. So that's, I'm really excited to get some good bets going. That's fact. I mean, we've had, you know, we had this first week of games so far. Uh, we've had a lot of, you know, high scoring games. We've had a lot of really competitive games. I know the other night we had um, Villanova against, who was it? Uh, UC, not UCLA. UCLA, Villanova. Yeah, UCLA. UCLA like, yeah. yeah. And Gonzaga, right. Um, and then that Texas-Gonzaga game was obviously crazy. So we've had a lot of great games so far. But I'm just going to ask Chris straight away. We're going to go through. He has three good picks until our next episode on Thursday. And I'm going to see what he has going. Because I know I have some things in mind, but I'm going to see where his head is at. Chris, let's let's get it rolling. All right. So my first pick, I'm going to start off with a late Monday night game, UCLA versus Long Beach State. Uh, Long Beach State is 1-0. They're coming off a 95-89 to overtime road win against Idaho on Wednesday. And the Bruins are obviously 2-0, coming off a big, big win against Villanova in an overtime win. Um, I personally think that was an extremely impressive win for the Bruins. Um, and Long Beach State is not a very good defensive team, giving up 89 points to Idaho. Uh, Ju Zhang has just been impressive so far, averaging 20 and 6 rebounds. Um, UCLA is clearly the way better team. They didn't struggle against CSU Bakersfield, and I don't think they're going to struggle against Long Beach State. 28 points is a large spread, so I'm going to stay away from the spread, and I'm going to take the over at 146. Um, I believe it's at 147 right now. I'd still take that to about 148.5. I really wouldn't be surprised if UCLA comes out on top and drops 100-plus points on this team. So I'm taking UCLA. Versus Long Beach State with the over on 146. Yeah, I like that. second pick, yeah, I mean, UCLA, they're just too dominant of a team. I would assume you would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see what you got for second. So my second pick would be Tuesday night. Um, It's a big game, Virginia versus Houston. Virginia started started off the season pretty poorly with bad loss to Navy. And um, they finally got their first win against a, a Radford team, which wasn't too impressive. And Houston, on the other hand, was taken overtime by a Hawstrift team, which really kind of raised concerns. But then they also blew out a, a Rice team to show how dominant of a team they are. The Cavs are averaging about 65.5 points per game. They're not a very strong offensive team. And they're only giving up 59 points per game. Houston, on the other hand, is averaging a solid 81 points per game while giving up only 60 points per game. Unfortunately, Houston is a terrible free throw shooting team, only 65 from the line. I would have to take Houston. Houston is just the way better. They're just a much better team. Virginia is looking weak right off the gate. And Ken Palm has Houston ranked at 19th overall in uh, adjusted offense and 7th overall in adjusted defense. Houston is a great defensive team. And I just don't think Virginia has what it takes to get it done on the offensive side. So the spread isn't out yet, but I would take Houston around Houston minus 7, Houston minus 10. 
And especially like that's the thing with Virginia as well is like we've seen them this year lose to Navy. Uh, I think it was like a what a 10, 12 point loss. Uh, yeah. Coach Bennett doesn't really have the offensive weapons that he's had in the past, and it's a total new look team for that Virginia squad. And I do like that Houston team. I think Marcus Sasser is a very, very good player. But yeah, I do like the spread. I, I would say I'd, even if the spread is as as far as maybe maybe 11, 12, I think that's about as deep as I would go. I would assume it's going to be around like that six and a half, seven range. But yeah, I do. I do definitely love Houston there. Hit me with your last one. What do you got? Yes. Yeah, so my last pick would be um, it's a 10 o'clock game on Tuesday. It's uh, BYU versus the Oregon Ducks. The, the Oregon Ducks are the 13th um, in the nation. Uh, Ken Palm has them at 12th in offensive efficiency and 55th in defensive efficiency. Uh, these two teams really haven't played each other. The last time they played each other was 2014. And Ducks had a really great year last year. They won the Pac-12. They finished 21-7, and but they did lose a decent amount of key players. But fortunately, a lot of the returning players are, have been able to step up in the last couple games. They also gotten some big transfers. Um, they got a guy, uh, Davion Harmon from Oklahoma, also Jacob Young from Rutgers. They were added. They added some talent, and their returning players have really stepped up. Um, the Ducks are one, also are one of the favorites to win the Pac-12 this year, and they blew out a decent SMU team when the spread was just 7.5 points. The spread isn't out yet, but I would take Oregon pretty high in this game. Yeah, I love that. I mean, in my last episode, in my um, in my Pac-12 Big Ten episode per, uh, preview of the season. I did have Will Richardson, who is Oregon's point guard, winning the Pac-12 Player of the Year. I think he's just a tremendous player, tremendous talent. Not to mention Dana Altman is just one of the best in the business in terms of, you know, getting good recruits, getting good transfers. And he has a good solid five this year. I think he is a really, really good team. And, I mean, no matter what the spread is, I think they are going to, you know, handle business tomorrow night. But, yeah, I mean, those three picks, I don't think you can go wrong. I know there's, I know you were telling me off air, you said that Penn State tonight against UMass, you like them playing. Uh, yes, I, know, I love that pick. Yeah, and I know uh, LSU tonight, they played an hour. They play against uh, Liberty. I know that's going to be a tough test because Liberty is very, very good. And there's – I mean, obviously there's going to be other teams playing that are very, very talented, and I'm just excited to see how this next couple weeks of uh, games go. Yeah, and another uh, game that I was really looking at was, um, I believe, Illinois' number eight. Number eight, Illinois yeah. versus Marquette tonight at seven. Yeah. Um, I believe the spread's at minus eight. Uh, Illinois' favor, and I would take that in a heartbeat because Illinois is really proven that they're without Kofi Copper. So, like, he, they might, he's one they of the best even, players in. Yeah, they might even be without uh, Curbelo tonight as well. I think he's he's battling with battling with an injury, and I know Frazier. Um, he hasn't really been the player they've come to expect. And of the off season, he had a little bit of a rough off season. So, I'll be excited to see how they uh, how they play. But, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely I was, do like that spread. Yeah, I also I also like the under in that game a lot. The, both of those teams are relatively decent defensive teams. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the under hits there. Absolutely. And, I mean, you have two, you know, Brad Underwood, one of the best defensive coaches in the country, Chaka Smart, same thing. Chaka Smart always, te- always seems to thrive in those, you know, um, you know not very high, highly touted programs. I mean, you look at – he went to uh, VCU, um, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Now he's at Marquette. They do uh, return or they do return a bunch of good players. Granted, they do lose uh, Dawson Garcia and um, 
Oh, what's the other kid? Uh, point guard from last year, I forget his name, but they do get Daryl Morsell from Maryland, one of the best defenders in the country. I just think that that team defensively, that's going to be a defensive battle. Like you said, it's going to be, you know, a very, very low scoring game. I'd be surprised if it gets into the 130 total range. I, I honestly would be shocked if it hit that. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I don't like those picks. Well, yes, I would agree. I don't, I think the total for that game right now is, I think it's in the 140s. But so if you're really looking for a lock, then I, I, I would take Illinois Marquette under. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Um, I know there's a couple games going on right now and not really, you know, high names to look at. But um, another game that I thought would actually be a good one. I look at that Wofford game against Eskrin. Now, Eskrin made major uh, division two school going up against Watford or Wofford, but. Wofford has been consistently that offensive team that's going to get you, you know, 80, 90 points in the non-conference. That D2 team, I think they're going to be able to score against Wofford. Um, it's maybe not a team that I would like bet on, you know, in the future. Um, but no, I definitely do see this game uh, putting on points just because Wofford, not a great defensive team. Wofford can also shoot the hell out of the ball. I just think it's going to be a very, very high scoring game to look for tonight. Uh, any other games that spark interest, Chris? Um, not off the top of my head, but uh, back to that Wofford game. Um, Wofford has they've been they've been kind of close in some of these games. I mean, they kept it close with Clemson. Yeah. Um, they lost by one point to Mercer, and they beat uh, Furman by a solid or by a one point. So, I, I, Wofford might be a team to watch in the future. Yeah. And you mentioned Clemson. Clemson actually plays against Bryant. Uh, against Bryant University tonight. Bryant, uh, Jared Grasso, one of the best offensive coaches among mid-major coaches in the country. Um, and Clemson, not the best defensive team, although they are projected to finish in the top half of the ACC this year. That could be a sneaky high-scoring game. I think, I mean, you look at Bryant, they're, you know, always in the top 10 and adjusted tempo uh, in the country among all, among all teams. Clemson, they, I know, get out and score it. They have Nick Honor coming back. They have Alvier Dawes coming back. So they have a really, really... Uh, really, really talented backcourt to, uh, you know, handle the uh, majority of the scoring for them. And then Bryant, I mean, they have so many players just to give them production, whether it's off the bench in the starting lineup. I just think this is going to be a really, high, really, really high-scoring game to look out for tonight. Chris, is that yeah. for you? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high-scoring game, and I also wouldn't be opposed to taking uh, Bryant plus 11 right here. I mean, yeah. Bryant um, is coming off of a – a bad loss to URI. They lost by about 20 points. And but, but Brian, Brian could shoot the ball. They're averaging 93 points a game. Absolutely. Um, they're they're a great rebounding team. They're out rebounding Clemson by on average about 15 rebounds a game, which is absurd. Yeah. They're out assisting them by about 12 assists per game. I I really I mean Brian I. I think Brian could really uh, cover against uh, this Clemson team at plus 11. Absolutely. Chris, it was a, it was a pleasure having you on tonight. Um, I know this is a little bit of a short segment because we are kind of hard pressed for time right now, but definitely looking forward to having you back on in the future for, you know, some more bets, some more locks, and we'll hopefully be passing the juice to more people that listen to the podcast. Of course, man. I, I'll be back anytime, man. I want to give out some locks. I'll tell you that. All right. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. 
that's going to wrap it up for this fifth edition of 94 feet just want to thank you guys for uh, consistently listening to the podcast um, just want to let you guys know to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to these things whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you find these episodes um, it's going to be a good run. I know this is only the first episode of the first week of college basketball, but hopefully we're going to come back with episodes on every Monday morning and Thursday morning. Should be a really fun year. Let's get at it. Peace out. Yeah.